Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on August 10th, 2014. I hope those who actually have a summer these days are enjoying it and for those who are in my position uh, living in uh, parts of Ontario where the jet stream actually comes up from the States and then loops and goes back down into the States uh, at the top of the loops according to the geoengineers of course they said if they ever did geoengineer, uh, they'd definitely uh, give the preponderance of their, their sprays on the tops of the loops for the greater carrying capacity it would have on the way back down or wherever it happens to go. So I'm unfortunately living right under the darn loop, and I get nothing but rain here. I can't say I've had a summer at all, and I'm used to the eggshell grey colour, uh, or white colour basically, that's constantly in the sky uh, and the constant uh, almost daily rain that seems to be pouring down here at night too it's been much much cooler and all through june and july and august some nights well not all through it but a lot of the nights i have had fires on because it's so cold well colder anyway and also uh, i can certainly put them on every night pretty well to try and clear up some of the dampness that's here because of the, uh, the so much rain and bad weather. But that's the new normal, of course. And most folk adapt to it without thinking because they live in their controlled environments, from their house to their car to their workplace, back to the car, back to their home. And they go to shopping malls and so on. Uh, so they don't get much outside. Uh, they don't experience what's happening outside as the farmers obviously do, they get all the experience of it, but most folk don't think. In fact, folk don't really think too much about what happened last year or the year before, because since about 2006, this has been getting increasingly worse here as they continue and step up all the spraying that we're getting. Now remember, in the spraying, they can give you sprays to give you rain or to disperse rain or even thunderclouds. I've seen both work when I, when I was further south, living in Ontario, and uh, it was quite amazing to watch uh, the, the thunderstorms roll in. You knew by experience the skies were going to open, you get things out of the garden, you get in quickly inside, and then you'd sit, and, and then about 40 minutes later, you were still, it was still silent, and you go outside, and they were all gone. All those clouds were, were completely dispersed. All that was left is, is the chemtrails above you. And you see, my goodness, what a, a fine art they have it down to today. But again, it's tied in with so many different agendas here that all tie in together for the big plan for the world, for the present to the future, because uh, Agenda 21 is well underway and they will eventually force folk off with many different methods. The, the oldest one is the power of the purse, higher taxations living in the country, and then terrible weather, of course, too, uh, higher gasoline prices, all of these kind of things. And then they'll say it's simply unsustainable to even plough your roads in the winter uh, or deliver electricity to your homes and force folk in. So the power of the purse and the cutting back of what you're paying for for services already in your taxes uh, will be part of it. Plus, you make it so miserable to live in some of these areas they won't want to continue living there and they'll move in as well. Plus up here too, by the way, there's so many new varieties of mosquitoes appearing every year. And now I have the uh, these big ones that have come out this year because of so much rain. I know they're getting dropped as well uh, from various places. 
and uh, and these suckers uh, are almost intelligent. They have long legs and the striped ones, like the Asian ones, and uh, there might even be a variety of that that's been brought in here or bioengineered. And uh, when you try to go to SWAT them, these things know you're going to move, and they watch you moving, and they take off. Even when they're rested, that it'll take off from their place. And it's very interesting to watch these guys keeping, almost studying you and coming in as soon as your hands are full with something or whatever. Quite fascinating. But these are the times in which we live where folk take things for granted. And as Brzezinski said, they'll never think of anything, uh, even though they will observe things, that they'll, they'll dismiss it from their mind, they'll delete it from their mind if it's not mentioned on the news. Because after all, the news does your reasoning today for you. And that's happened, unfortunately. For most people, if there's anything worth knowing, the media is going to tell them because it's an appendage to their brain, they think. And that, again, is what Brzezinski said in the 70s would happen. That was the intention for it to happen. And unfortunately, it has happened. So we're living in vast changes. Other areas, of course, are getting drought. uh, And these will be your bread baskets. Your food will go up. And the big boys that run the, the, the Chicago Stock Exchange and all the big trading companies to do with agriculture and futures uh, trading uh, will already know where the droughts are going to happen or where the flooding of agriculture is going to happen. And they, they've got their money all sunk in the places elsewhere, often abroad, where the food will be brought in from. They've got it all figured out. It's quite, quite fascinating to live in these times and watch science being used to such uh, lengths and be unbeknownst to the public that it's even happening. But then you can't blame the public because they've been trained from childbirth uh, to believe in, in what, what they hear or are told by authority figures uh, from the media and experts, of course, experts. And it never dawns on them that these experts are paid, paid propagandists that come out on behalf of various international corporations and the big foundations that help run the world and really run the world that is, not their politicians. And uh, and they're very believable, of course, because they can baffle you with science, you see. Science and statistics is beautiful, isn't it? Because uh, you can argue with most things, but when they say, well, it's science, it shuts you up. Or it's, it's been proven, or it's statistics. Uh, and uh, therefore, uh, you just clam up and say, well, I guess it must be true, eh? And if there's 20 of them saying it over a period of a few months or weeks or whatever, then the more true it must be. Doesn't mean, or it doesn't mean that they're not getting all paid by the same master, of course. Uh, it never even dawns on most people because they're all introduced from, as from being from different universities or, or, or laboratories or whatever. But in actual fact, you go into the big books of the foundations and the big owners who, who own the international corporations, and you'll find they own dozens and dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds of labs, etc., and definitely training facilities across the world. But what makes us obey all the authorities that, that command our lives and our thoughts, our beliefs even, uh, what makes us obey them? Uh, what does it all? And I've gone into the in previous talks so many times how we obey various authorities and how we, we tick, basically. We've been so well studied for so long, especially through the 20th century, 
uh, up to the present time with control groups and ongoing experimentation through universities and and a whole host of various uh, organizations, including your basic education too, where all your data is collected all the time, even before the computers came in, uh, on you as a person and the potential of being a good worker or taxpayer in the future. All these things were studied, your personality types and so on, and fed up to the higher authorities, especially in places like Britain or the European countries where they had real national uh, systems of teaching, uh, education, run by central authorities. Uh, so it was quite easy for them to collect so much data on us and then follow us down through our lives to see what happens to us over and over again. Plus, as I say, the control groups and experimental situations, situational uh, control, they sometimes call it in universities, and the selection of different students, and even finding out why so many students behaved this way in, a, in an examination or experiment they were conducting upon them, and so many that way uh, were so well understood. But what's always been understood are the basic reasons that we obey basic authority. We have to do it to coexist, obviously. And people were far better adapted, really, to coexist in small communities, self-sufficient to a great extent uh, for, for millennia. And you couldn't get off with being the con man or the psychopath so easily in these self-sustaining communities because they had their own uh, regulations, simple taboos and laws. And if you broke the law, uh, you, you weren't tolerated. At the very least, you would be banished from the group or the tribe uh, and cast out into the, the world. It was big and frightening at that, those days. And at the very worst, of course, they simply put you in a, in a swamp like, the, like you find with uh, places in Denmark and so on. They dump you in places like that, bog people. We still find their mummified remains. Or they'd put you down a crevasse. There was always ways to deal with uh, malcontents and miscreants that would be, destroy the rest of the people by living off them. They wouldn't pitch any help work. They wanted all the benefits, but they wouldn't help at all. And they were, they were the con men. Today, they get lots of jobs, those people, because they're in politics and things like that. Lots of them even go up into university and become professors, uh, which are quite easy jobs to handle once you get the job. And you can, you're, you're, if you're good at talking and you prattle a lot, um, throw in the, the proper names here and there on certain lectures, then you're, you're listened to. So, um, But you find them too. Uh, the ones that are a bit more creative, they call them creative psychopaths, who can work their way up to the top, especially the ones who are born in, into the upper class, very wealthy elite families, and go straight into the Ivy League colleges in whatever country they're living in. Uh, they tend to uh, uh, have far more confidence simply because of, because of their station in life, they get off with a lot more, uh, where a person down below would be sent off to young offenders, institutions or whatever. But with the upper classes, of course, they're called, well, they're being boisterous and and having fun. And they got out of hand, etc. Um, and they get away with it. So we make excuses. It depends on who you are uh, and to the punishment accorded, if any at all. Our basic instincts, in other words, I keep saying, are used against us which is a form of conformity to the group, the basic group. 
in a, an old tribal situation, it was quite simple to see how you had to conform to the set rules, standards of the life that they led, because it was it was for survival. Uh, everyone was dependent on the other because uh, uh, you couldn't do everything yourself to, to survive. And so we tend to be a group type people. Uh, that's used against us today uh, by those who know how to manipulate it as well, especially when they're destroying the old groups uh, and old groups of countries and, and nations, things like that, to bring in the global structure. That's why we have so much chaos happening today. And those who are running the show have their own reasons often for wanting to destroy all cultures. Uh, some of them don't want to destroy all of them, uh, just most of them, or especially all those that are not their own. It's quite interesting to see all the different involved parties here, which use other terms or, or, or fronts uh, or, or, as their, their camouflage to their own intentions. But since the advent of money and all of its forms from simple weighing out of money and scales to the coining of money, uh, you've had leisure classes. And leisure classes are the ones who do the thinking. I've gone into this before. That's how Greece basically uh, went to a, a form of pinnacle of philosophy in its days. It had a leisure class. And uh, a leisure class often lived off of slaves. So that money, uh, which gave them leisure, and, and, and the ownership of slaves. It's hard to own slaves if, if you don't have a form of money, a currency, where you can then employ slave masters who take care and, and look after or, or punish the, and make sure that the slaves are doing all the work, etc. You can't really do it. So if you have no money at all, people would walk off and try to sustain themselves by getting basic food and so on, including the slave drivers. But uh, if you can't, if you have no money at all, it simply wouldn't work. So money is a key to a lot of the things that's happened and, and gave us this, this system we call civilization with all of its changes, its rewards, and its terrible ills as well. But it's not going back. We're here. And even if you found an alternative way to, to live, uh, those who run the money systems wouldn't allow it anyway. Uh, people in power... And families, especially inbred families, are never going to give it up. Uh, never ever going to give it up, especially when they can command uh, reality, the reality that you'll be brainwashed with from birth. And they can do it across a mass scale, not just nations, but internationally today. Self-policing is a very important aspect of the control over people, because in all ages, I guess, there's been self-policing involved uh, from the ancient times uh, the religion as again your taboos were given to you and you would police your own thoughts uh, and many people like the conformity of a stable society regardless of, of its belief systems or traditions or even rituals um, even sacrificial rituals uh, they would accept those things for the, the, the for the greater good, they might say, for the good of all, and uh, and when their minds would rebel about these things or question some of them, the, the things they had to do or they did uh, without thinking, generally, um, they would self police, would kick in, and you'd feel guilty. Your conscience would work upon you, 
and your your very existence amongst the people could be threatened by your own thoughts. So your thought frightened you if the people ever found out what you were thinking. Uh, therefore, you, you, you policed yourself. That still goes on today, of course, and different kinds of societies have used this, but religious uh, societies definitely put it good, to good use because all religions give you a set of tenets of, and rules to follow which give you the, the form of stable society. And, and all systems, remember, often start off, not always, but often start off with uh, good intentions, and lots of truths being pushed, but most systems become corrupted as they go along. In fact, all systems do. It doesn't matter what kind it is, uh, right down to political systems as well. Today you can see it so evidently by all the scandals getting worse and worse and worse and worse. When I was young in Britain, I can remember the days when a scandal would break out, sexual or, or financial or whatever it happened to be, embezzlement or... Uh, and, and they didn't have to even wait for an inquiry. Uh, the little newscast you would have at the time would tell you this person uh, stepped down immediately, that, that, that it was exposed to the public what happened. He'd st- he'd, he or she would step down, and that was, that was it for, for you. Uh, your, your career there was over. You'd never go back into politics. But today the same scandals are normalized now. And the people have no problem at all uh, staying in power and saying, so what? Uh, and again, most of them, remember, are psychopathic. Uh, in fact, I think all of them really have a, a trace of that in them for sure, to be in politics and to stay in politics. And they have no problem really putting your face on to the public. They also have the image makers, just like any star has image makers. Uh, and PR companies come in and are, are paid to, to do a kind of makeover uh, and lots of promotions uh, to the general public or propaganda to how wonderful the person really is as opposed to the news that's come out about them. Uh, that's very common today. Nothing's real on television or news anymore whatsoever. Now, for those who make use of my archives, I've given many talks on, on how we're controlled, uh, the methods that are used, uh, the scientific methods that are used, and the neat senses we or basically instincts we have that are used against us because we are so well understood. Make sure you make good use of cutting through the matrix.com archives. And remember too by the way to throw a few pennies here once in a while because I'm not out to get uh, rich or anything but I like to eat once in a while too mind you and my costs are pretty hefty here indeed uh, just doing what I do and lots of lots and lots of folk use my material and lots of books have been uh, put out there with information I've put out. I've done the, the homework for most, a lot, a lot of people out there, and they, but they never mention you, of course, unfortunately. But for those who make good use of it, it'll be handy for you and, and quite nice of you, in fact, to throw a few pennies my way. And you can find out how to do it at cuttingthroughthemidrace.com. Don't forget, too, for those who don't have any of the books I've written, to order them as well, because... Uh, you'll, I teach in a different manner than most people. I don't have a particular spin on anything. I don't have some axe to grind. And I'm not out to con you uh, and use uh, a period of oppression as we're under today, under the guise of terrorism everywhere. Uh, I don't use that to get rich. Otherwise, I would, I would do the same thing as some people and get awfully, awfully rich by scaring the, the, the blazes out of you. 
But in the archives, as I say, if you go into that, I go into what, how we're used, our own personalities, our innate instincts are used against us by those who know how to manipulate us. The puppet masters, if you like, that Bernays called them, his own class, that is, the kind who understood already the basics of psychology and human behaviorism and how to motivate us to do their bidding without us really knowing why we were doing it or even thinking we're doing it because it was our own choices, for in fact. He knew how to manipulate the what they called the subconscious or unconscious mind, the great primitive part of you, and it worked awfully well. But the consumerist society gave us, and the same uh, people who he taught and who took, took over from him uh, are now in charge of giving you the post-consumerist society. Everything you buy today, as you well know, is junk, uh, very expensive junk, because we're in the age of uh, maximizing the greed factor, where they've cut corners and pennies on everything that's produced in China, where everything's made on purpose, of course, by those from the West who moved their factories there. And it's all junk. It's not meant to last. Nothing's meant to last very long. Plus, they have smart engineering. They call it, uh, engineers used to make things awfully well because they like to do their job well, but now they're going with the marketers who look towards future um, parts uh, for, for various things. They're selling to cars all the way down. And they look upon all the things, if this thing will last 10 years, which is a big thing today, uh, then how many parts of this and that and so on can we uh, make deliberately fail? Uh, and so you make them out of junk and they're guaranteed to fail so many times. Pretty exact two figures, right down to the batteries for vehicles. It's amazing how you get a three-year warranty and one month after the three-year period, it just packs in. It's not by accident, it's not coincidence. It's because they know exactly how to do it, including the thickness and the gauge of the big copper wiring straps that are inside the battery that come from the posts. That's how they gauge it. So uh, we're fooled and conned on, on so many levels as we go through the age of maximizing the greed factor. Things go up all the time. The value of your money goes down all the time because of all the debt factors and uh, because we're run by totally corrupt people, completely corrupt and that's across the board, I would say. Now, for those who don't know how under, or understand how corruption works, read some of the, the books put out by politicians or people who went into politics with good intentions and got out of politics before uh, the majority around them would set them up because they wouldn't conform to all the little scams that they get up to uh, by uh, scamming the public purse and their expenses and all the rest of it. Uh, if you go into politics, you're immediately tested by the little peer group who, who are nice-smelling psychopaths, but they, they want to see if you will go on the take like they do or accept the lobbyist cash and so on and little presents that they give them. But if you don't go along with them, they, they, they can't trust you, so they've got to get rid of you. And they'll do it one way or another. They'll set you up somehow. Uh, it's rather sad, but that's the way that life really is today. Now, all politicians, I'd say today too, are completely blackmailable by their masters who really run the world and definitely the countries. And uh, they have all the, the dirt on them. And therefore, these puppets will, will go along with whatever they're told to go along with. Even if it includes or comes down to completely opposing the, the, the previous day's views that they had, uh, they'll completely just turn around overnight suddenly. Sometimes they'll do that, you'll notice. 
and uh, it's because we've been told to do it. And they have no problem with that because they're basically the psychopathic personalities. The psychopaths don't have the self-policing, the internal policing that you do. They have no conscience. Uh, they simply emulate the, the, the gesticulations, the expressions uh, that you have. They, they copy you. That they watch you and how you react emotionally or appear to act emotionally uh, in certain situations, and they try to copy that. And that's why they often screw it up, actually, because uh, they, they still don't understand why you feel something in a certain situation. They don't actually feel it. And sometimes they go overboard with their reactions. Now, in times of extreme stress in nations, financial, uh, job insecurities, uh, layoffs, closures, all these things, the psychopath rises to the top because we like, we'll tolerate more of their behavior uh, because we see ourselves as powerless or weak and the weak tend to gravitate towards those they see who have confidence and have answers of some kind. Men of action come to the top. They're not terribly bright often, but it doesn't matter as long as they seem to be men of action as opposed to intellectuals um, who sit and certainly talk about things and don't seem to do too much. So it's a time for the psychopaths to rule. It's a time of changes. And this is why they call the 21st century the century of change. The changes that psychopaths in this big pyramid, this big pyramid up there uh, of structures of authority from the top down and different levels uh, of psych psychopathy are used along the way. And the, the psychopaths can cooperate together as long as they're each getting what they want and, and getting away with an awful lot too on their own personal little sphere that they have. As long as they can get away with it all and benefit for themselves personally, they can cooperate with other people and other psychopaths. And, and uh, when you have a structure above them which understands them perfectly well, the, the psychopaths, in fact, then the psychopaths know that if they go too far, they'll often find they come to a sticky end themselves. Uh, and that's a warning to other ones not to go too far and get too big-headed. It happens all the time. They have accidents and things like that. But as I say, in times of fear, and we've been in the, the period of fear since 9-11 happened in 2001, with the so-called War on Terror. Now remember the big groups involved that were already running the United States of America, uh, with the, the New American Century group, the private group that got into politics, and the other ones who ran it from behind the scenes during the Bush era, and, and then actually into the present era. Uh, they gave up a, a war plan for all the countries they wanted to take out across the Middle East and Asia and so on. And they've pretty well fulfilled a lot of it, but they were, they were right, right on cue. The countries we've taken out Afghanistan, then Iraq and so on uh, were all on the list. They wanted uh, uh, Syria taken down too, and, and, we, we, and Libya, they got Libya out, and they also want Iran as well. But there were other ones they want to go on to from there. But uh, it's amazing how they can publish these things And once again when it's exposed to the public Before all these wars start begin uh, The public can't quite grasp it They can't grasp that someone would, could actually blow up towers for instance In order to get a country and a whole world into a war 
well, they haven't read any history, obviously. Or they fall for the big lie that somehow we've evolved since the caveman and things are different today. We're not like that. that that's, the, that's the saddest thing of all, is to think that we've changed in any way at all. Psychopathy in all eras has, has always been there. It's never been eliminated. And um, today it has perfect grain to do what it wants. But then I've gone into in the past as well, uh, the articles from the, the U.S. military magazines to do with perpetual war, for instance. And they said that from now on we'll have perpetual war. It, it's a, it, was, it was written, too, by a, an intelligence officer for the U.S. military. He wasn't just talking about war on the planet or the people or the peoples across the world. He was talking about perpetual war for the changes, that the century of change is what he was really quietly referring to, you might say, without saying it as such. But your whole concept of reality in the century is to change. Uh, it's already happening amongst the general public and the training of the young children too. And with the electronic media of all kinds out there that have taken over a lot of their lives for them, uh, which they don't question at all, uh, and, and they're too young to even question what are the motives of those above us who gave us all these things and programs and toys to play with and so on and so on. They, naturally, they can't question it. Their, their brains are still growing, for goodness sake, and they have no wisdom either of life in general. But the war of, for change or of change is a war to change everything that was or is until it, it was in the past. That's how it will be referred to. And we'll adapt into the new system step by step by step. We already are, of course, with incessant propaganda. And I might touch on some of that tonight to do with the kinds of propaganda or influence. There's many d descriptions that are used by philosophers and that are used by the big foundations and the big think tanks that work for the foundations of various kinds of scientists, neurologists and um, neuroscientists and so on and so on. But it's, it's a way to, whatever influences you and your behavior, to modify it to, to your master's uh, specifications is all to do with the changes which they want, right down to your opinions, as you know. Your opinions are constantly being modified now as they destroy the old normals and bring in all the new normals, which were written about and put on the drawing board an awful long time ago. Uh, they're all being implemented today the training of the public in a Pavlovian fashion uh, by the neuroscientists to have default positions, they call them, where if certain topics are mentioned, you'll immediately recoil from the, the mention of certain words or terms or whatever it happens to be. Even if it's in a questioning form from a child, it's going to be already absolutely taboo. And your peer group will be taught and already have been taught to simply walk away if they can't, if they can't uh, change the topic, to walk away immediately from, from the particular word or topic coming up. It's quite fascinating, really, isn't it, how easy it is to train people to get them to behave the same way uniformly across the whole board, isn't it? After all, in the 60s, when you were taught that you were going to get freedoms, and they gave you the sexual revolution, all different liberations of women, all the rest of it, and so on, and the drug revolution, and the pop and culture, all of these things that came along. That again had been on the drawing board for a long time, been tried in the 20s and failed, and brought back in the 60s. 
uh, with drugs, etc. It's it's fascinating to to see how the people really thought that for the first time they could think what they wanted to think and express whatever they wanted to express. Uh, But the reality is most folk, they really didn't have anything novel to express. Even the ones who thought they were, they were simply being cool, you see or dressing in a particular renegade outfit or uniform they're told to wear as a renegade in that, at that particular time for the generation they were in. We've been through the baggy pants era and all the rest of it, and the, and the chains dangling from your cheeks uh, and the tattoos. Uh, these are all given to the ones who think they're different, that they're authorized and accepted, but put out there from the top. Most of it comes from movies and music and so on, but the culture industry promotes all of these things, these ways to be, even when you think you're rebelling. I used to think it funny when uh, I was reading about Mao Zedong in China and how he brought out the, the blue tunic and pants uniform that everyone was to wear in China, and they did at that time. So they would all be the same, you see. Everyone would be the same. Sameness, sameness, sameness. And uh, uh, a, a, like he called that a quality, you see. And in the West, at the same time, exactly at the same time, they were promoting uh, the hippies and the, and, the, and the culture of jeans. Jeans, blue jeans. They're both the same color. The outfits of Matsu Tong and the blue jeans. And so everybody in the West is wearing blue jeans. They couldn't correlate what, the, what was happening or even why it was happening, but someone above them was having a big chuckle that was implementing all of this, of course. And at the same time, one has been taught that they're free. Uh, actually, both were being told they were free, but a lot of the Chinese didn't quite believe it. But the ones who thought they were free, because they would cuss and swear and do things like that for the first time openly and public and do different uh, behaviors, couldn't see they're all being manipulated themselves. It's fascinating, isn't it, just to to watch what happens around you. Now, sometimes different types of authority are put over on the public at different times, sometimes in your own lifetime. I mean, it was interesting, wasn't it, to see George Bush getting on television and saying to to, to the nation and to the Western world, really, he said, when it came to terrorism and so on, he says what he was going to do with the war and so on, and he said... uh, you're either with us or you're with the terrorists. Which was, again, the opposite of, the, say, the 60s era that everyone was still lauding and approving and trying to be wild and crazy and so on. Uh, where, where was the choice in that? In other words, if you voice an opinion that it's wrong to go and slaughter different countries across the world, that really had nothing to do with 9-11, uh, then you must be classified and classed amongst actual terrorists themselves and viewed in the same light and treated the same way. Uh, so it's interesting how we can go from one thing to the next without a blinking, isn't it? Uh, without correlating what this actually really is being said to you. And yet everyone starts to conform immediately because they understood at the top that a tribal instinct kicks in for survival and the biggest lies can get put across so easily and be, be even half-believed. You only need to half-believe something to go along with it uh, because that basic survival instinct is really at work. And so you want to believe it. It must be some... It's drastic to think that it could be happening internally from, from uh, very powerful authorities inside your own country causing the whole thing to happen in the first place, isn't it? 
And yes, a, f- a favourite trick has been down, used down through the, the ages, right back to even the Romans wrote about the different tricks uh, that were used to, to get uh, acts of terrorism from, from apparently amongst the civilians in order to use martial law on the people. So now we're in the age of change and perpetual terrorism. So together they'll work, you see. You need one and the other at the same time to get the perpetual change through. And the war on terror with the same techniques uh, where you have to conform to be acceptable to society with, with the, who's the bad guys and so on is now transferred very quite, very carefully over to you if you have certain opinions about other things within society. As I say, now you're supposed to shut up at the mention of certain things. Don't ask questions about certain things. Right down to even sexual persuasions. It's taboo. Because the authorized voices at the top, the voices of authority, have let you know in no unsettled manner what the proper authority opinion is to be, and the proper acceptable opinion is to be. And so all the freedoms that you thought you had in the 60s have suddenly gone out the window. I've often said that the most intolerant of all are, are, is a liberal uh, mindset. The ones who think they're liberal, uh, the ones who, who supposedly a long time ago, when it was really liberal to have open minds about things, it's completely a closed mind. It's either there we are nowhere. It's a highway, isn't it? Quite amazing, isn't it? But the same techniques were used in religion at one time. If you queried even one aspect of your particular religion, uh, you'd be ostracized by the whole society because the boys at the top had said you would be, and everybody down below would conform and, and act accordingly. You'd be completely shunned. And if you're shunned, you can't eat, you can't work, you can't get a job, or you're fired from your job. How do you eat and survive? There are many nudges along the way of life to make you conform to whatever system you happen to be born into or that changes in your own lifetime. Many, many ways to get you to, to shut up, keep your thoughts to yourself, preferably don't have the thoughts in the first place, and, uh, and just get along. That's, that's how it works. And in that case, you're headed for terrible things down the road when, when that happens. A society that can't voice its concerns from anybody, I mean anybody at all, or any group or whatever, uh, if you can't voice your opinions on things, pro or against, um, then you, you're in trouble. You're in terrible trouble. So rational authority can only be rational when it, when it really has a, a beneficial aspect like cooperation amongst the people for their own self-preservation from the tribe or the village uh, and, and so on. Today it's much more complex since nothing is really natural in this particular system we're living in today. And Plato said it, the most unnatural system is the easiest one to fall down because it can't even support itself independently it collapses. It's all based on money, which is somebody's idea. Money isn't even tangible anymore, or real, or, or even weighable. And, uh, and people you'll never meet in your life, or even know their names off, decide what's worth today, or what's worth tomorrow, or if it's even um, confiscated legally now by banks, as they do bail-ins, of, in other words, they steal your money legally, because they made it legal to steal. We accept all this without a blink, and, and that's sad. 
that is not rational authority, you see. Rational authority also comes from uh, learning authority. Son, in the old days when you worked in the village or you worked as a blacksmith and you learned from your father or he was a farmer, whatever he happened to be, that was rational authority. So there was a, 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 a workable aspect from the person who was learning and the person who was teaching, and it worked for, for, for both are good, basically. But when you also get irrational authority, and irrational authority breaks out, as I say, in times of immense crisis on a larger scale, or even on a, on a small scale with a small village in the old days, when, it, when its whole existence was threatened, then in comes the psychopath, uh, and he can take over because he appears to be the man of action, you see. People blindly give over their obedience to what they perceive as a man of action. You also have the overt authority and persuasion propaganda. As I say, it's put through movies, novels, all the PC, politically correct updates, are put over and over and over the airwaves or the, through the, the newspapers or whatever it happens to be, dramas, plays, all fiction as well. It's, so you're bombarded with it and, and uh, you'll accept it generally, especially in fiction because you don't question it. Uh, you're not expecting to be conned through fiction. You think you're in charge as you watch or get downloaded with fiction. And what's changed now today as well, I'd say, is that your perception of what authority is, is changed. At one time, you, you simply had the leader, and then, now you, then you had leaders, and then you had political parties, uh, and so on, that seemed to be tangible. You'd, you'd hear of them, you knew they existed, at least you believed they did, and uh, you, the newspapers, of course, would give you information which you'd always take as real, even though generally it wasn't, still isn't today, because power always makes sure that you're told exactly what the powerful want you to hear, and no more or less. And, you, and which makes you believe what you become to believe, to make it work for those in, in power. But also, as I say, you end up uh, getting today, uh, during the time from the 60s onwards into the age of terrorism everywhere, uh, a different kind with overt authority. And overt authority is, as I say, the George Bush telling you you're either with him and them or with the terrorists. And uh, we also have those in power, the real those in power, not the politicians, uh, who uh, run from an invisible presence, you might say. There are many of them. And they send many messages out to you through many articles that you read from foundations, institutions, uh, educational authorities, and so on. And these also influence you, but these are deliberately put out in tandem with other ones being released across uh, your country or even the world sometimes at the same time to give you a particular part of a reality on a particular part of life or, or science or whatever it happens to be. And these are anonymous authorities. We think they're anonymous. They don't seem to you as a reader or the hearer, the receiver of it, to, to be coordinated, but they actually are coordinated. And they work very, very effectively because of that. You don't see them for what they are. They're not incoming thought missiles or propaganda missiles into your brain. They often seem to be separate, and therefore they must all be real and true. It's very, very simple. But the characters behind them, you don't know. These are the puppet masters that Bernays talked about behind the scenes who really pull the strings of power. 
And what a fantastic, never ever underplay this power. Never ever underplay it because you don't see it coming, as I say. You don't see the actually, it actually coming. In fact, they can put out such great uh, propaganda today uh, in such a fashion, especially through science. You'll be intrigued by it. You'll be carried away by it. And you will think it's all true. And it can become exciting to, to you. You know, you're going to land on the moon or go off to Mars or something like that. And you believe it all. You accept it. And there's always other reasons that it's even put out in the first place. It's kind of information. And those in power, remember, too, get cocky, more and more cocky, uh, the longer they get away with it. Uh, no wonder, because generations have been, have been born and lived and died serving under this system of scientific control of our minds uh, and never clued into the fact that, that was even happening to them. And as they have more power over you and can say quite openly and honestly that they can make you do anything they want you to do, then they're right in that sense, but they start to hate and despise you. Because those in power despise the weak. They are a sadomasochistic to an extent, but they're psychopathic. They get their kicks off of what they think is achieving for themselves uh, more or more power, and, and even to the applause sometimes of the victims. Before, too, I've talked about obedience to authority and how this, this has been tested over and over at universities. I've mentioned many times about the Stanley Milgram experiments in, on obedience uh, done in the 1960s, I think it was, at Yale University, uh, repeated many times since then, and many other subsequent experiments uh, in, in the same field have been are still ongoing, of course, to, to categorize humanity as to our willingness to obey, 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 Authority, even if it's a deviant kind of authority, or or even if it's perceived as a good authority, but in fact is deviant if you look a bit deeper. Uh, so uh, it's very interesting to see how people could be uh, persuaded during experiments to really believing that when they applied electric shocks to someone, when they could hear screaming, that this was actually happening. But it was okay if a person an authority, an authority figure, uh, told them to go ahead, to got permission. This, again, is what you get in the military, uh, and that's why atrocities can happen so easily in any kind, anybody's military, if the order comes from a superior. Uh, you simply obey because you feel they're taking the guilt and, and not so much you. You're simply obeying orders. That's been said over and over throughout the 20th century, uh, and inquiries after terrible atrocities have happened. That's where the people always say we're simply obeying authority. All uh, races, creeds are all the same, by the way. There's no difference in this at all. It's a human trait, a human factor. What they don't tell you, of course, is that they also do the same studies and did the same studies on the psychopathic personalities to see how they would react and, and, and they do fascinating studies on them too. Lots of uh, studies have been done on psychopaths, by the way, by the basic experimentations uh, to find out who they are in the first place. They have lots of questionnaires and so on, which categorize the psychopathic types in universities. And they have special tests for them because they want to eventually employ them uh, if, if they are cooperative to an extent, uh, if they're being well-funded or paid or whatever, in certain positions 
of power over others, but never at the top, of course, for there was already the super-psychopaths above them. But this is simply a technique, as I say, the Milgram experiment. Uh, You take it from simply uh, shunning people because you're told to shun them, uh, because they said something which made you blush because you've been trained to blush when you hear a term or whatever a question asked, you see. Uh, the neuroscientists are doing this today with all your new opinions and so on and reprogramming you and training you to have these reactions. You're set to default, as they call it, default positions. And, of course, Sunstein, who thinks himself as a, a great proponent from all this and an experimenter, is really a low-level low uh, player in it all. In fact, he's not really a scientist as such, way up at the top. Um, he's, he, he helps push all this stuff and how to mass manipulate you by what he calls nudges. They also use this uh, in the programming of computers to make sure that you, you're nudged to, towards a certain way of uh, where you're asking us an initial question to nudge you to certain answers and ignore other things you could search for yourself uh, because others have looked at this, so they nudge you towards what others look at. The proved nudges and the, the proved websites and so on. Very simple stuff. And... Um, You also find, too, that people take on roles so easily. They become their jobs, for instance. Uh, What do you think the movies are all about with the the constant war on terror, SWAT teams, uh, and so many movies until it's normal again? And and also going into um, martial law scenarios for the greater goods with black-clad goons looking at the SWAT team. They all look the same in any country now. They're churning and churning and churning them out as they train you into this new authoritarian society, overtly authoritarian rule, but also using massive psychology upon you at the same time uh, to make sure that your conscience kicks in if you start to think maybe it's what they're doing is wrong. You're not patriotic or something like that. Very simple. But because you become your job... Uh, and people in uniform, or should be you should be really scared of them all, actually. Uh, uniform means uniformity. It's not individualism. Uh, you, when you join the military, you, you leave your individuality uh, at home or just toss it out the window when you put that uniform on and you simply are now the team member, your little, your little worker bee. And, and the pheromones of the queen are the ones that are going to dictate what actions you do. You simply obey them or you'll get stung. Uh, but you, you find too with the Stanford prison experiment of 71 uh, by Zimbardo that people become their jobs. Tremendous experiment that too, where eventually those who, took, who were picked to take the role of the prison guards became the brutes, in other words. And, and it was interesting to watch even the movies they put out upon them, about them, that were done supposedly very realistically to see how people really react. Now, this can be done to a lot of you out there, and without you even thinking about it, or even if you poo-poo the idea it could happen to you, don't ever kid yourself that the psychologies and the sciences uh, that are working against you uh, by understanding how you tick and today, remember, they, they know all your information. We're all studied. And, that, and pe- people who think, well, they don't, I, I don't care about my information. I have nothing to hide. They're, they're as silly as, as can be because, oh, they, they care very much about you. 
They want to be absolutely sure that you will do eventually anything they tell you to do and order you to do. That's why they study you so intensely. And that's why this total information network, there's many different names for the same thing, is so amazing in, in this era. It was all planned for the century of change. And this will never go away, by the way. The, the perpetual war on, not just across the world, and physical wars, but psychological wars, cultural wars on you, are, are all ramping up, going through this whole century, to the elite have the world that they want, with eradication of a lot of you, and you'll help to eradicate each other. Uh, just like the Milgram experiment and the prison experiment, you'll help to do it. And you'll even be in the process of eliminating your own consciousness on the way, by the way, and your own conscience on the way. Rather than force you to do something, they, can, they have many ways to prompt and nudge you into conformity. Quite fascinating, really, when you think about it all. But it's all been done, and it's not simply by happenstance and by circumstances that are out of control. This was planned. The century of change was planned a long time ago. Long time ago. Centuries ago, in actual fact, by those who created the early foundations. And they were there long before Rockefeller came along. In order to, to fulfill the goal of the so-called wise, the wise should rule. And the lessers should obey or perish, or both even at times. You cannot have a society which has been, been told conflicting messages survive with an intense, intense psychological warfare upon the minds of the general public. Uh, from the same mouths you hear, we care about you, we care about life, uh, and we want to depopulate at the same time too. Uh, the world is unsustainable. There's too many of you. Now, how can the same people telling you the same things, the two different stories, be ever believable? You better be, be very wary about all of this. Incredibly wary. Start taking it seriously. Because it's real. It's very real. Doublethink. Orwellian doublethink. The ability to hold two opposing opinions in your head at the same time. And believe them both. Then you're psychotic in a sense. And then it's over, isn't it? You can go back into the days of Weishaupt, Adam Weishaupt, and the group that he belonged to, often given the title really of the founder of Illuminati and things like that. These groups were on the go long, long before he came along. Long before that. And the lust for power over others and domination of all others is nothing new. I'm sure in your lives you've all met people who think they know it all. The superiority complex, as he used to call it. It's always been here in humanity. And such characters are narcissistic and they, they love to talk about themselves all the time. And boast all the time, again, trait of the psychopath. They're still here, and they are way up above there. They're up there running a lot of what we do and deciding what we do. And you could never in a million years get through to them that they're wrong 
or even suggest they stop and hold back and think about and, and, and consider other alternatives and possibilities. Never happen. They mean business. And I've always said when it comes to depopulation, uh, they don't ask for volunteers. Would, would you please become sterilized? It won't happen. They simply go ahead and do things to sterilize you. And when it comes to the plague times or depopulation by that, they'll use that too. All Many of the characters I've mentioned throughout the years and mentioned their names or their books or whatever have mentioned this factor. Uh, oh, they, they, they bewail the fact we don't have the Black Death anymore. They bemoan it. When inoculations first came out, there was a massive attack by this particular class of people against inoculations, real inoculations, not the phony ones we have today, uh, because they didn't. They said, "Well, we're already there's already too many of the people, and we won't need them in a post-industrial era." And all they'll do is keep breeding. H.G. Wells said this in his day. They'll just keep breeding. And, and so they, they wanted it all stopped. Well, they didn't do that. What they ended up doing was simply take over the whole vaccine industry and make sure that what's pumped into you is synthetic and it's not what you think it is. And you end up sterilized and you end up with uh, premature cancers and things like that. You can just follow the graphs throughout the 20th century to the present time and watch them skyrocket with the introduction of all these supposed helpful inoculations. Well, they certainly are helpful, but to whom? That's how simple it is, it's all been. How simple it is. Because you trust. You trust. Again, we have the same mentality of a, of a small village or a tribe living with a leader who doesn't live any better than we are living at the stage of living or the state of living, the level of it. In, in ancient times, in the West, say, a chieftain. And your mentality is still stuck there. Because back then, it'd be unthinkable to think that your, your chief was trying to kill you all. And that works just the same today. It's impossible, isn't it? These wonderful folk with all these letters behind their names are up there, uh, belong to all these organizations, lauded, because they're always lauding and giving awards to each other, that gives them more credence, um, and they make sure that you see it being done with their awards being given and so on, and they go around the universities and chat, chat, chat. So it must all be true, and it must be, it must be decent, good people. Really. The same people, as I say, when they tell you they want to depopulate, there's too many of you, they're very careful in how they say, of course. And at the same time, they want to say that they love people and they're all for abortion, for instance. Uh, but, but they're, but they're, oh, they're, they're against anybody after that being hurt by their parents, like parents hurting their children once you're born. And there's a segment of them now who want to abort. Well, actually, it's post-birth abortion, they're calling it, in different silly terms like that, where they want to kill the child up to the age of three. When, you, when there's inconsistencies in logic, be very scared of those people. Very worried indeed. Because you're not hearing it from people in the street. Once in a while you were, they've heard it from someone above them. But it's always from people in positions of authority, belonging to the think tanks, belonging to the advisory committees or bioethics committees that all governments have now as part of their planning procedures. 
be very, very careful of this. It's all here. It's been here for a long time. And they put out such beautiful terms that keep you sleeping because they're there to look after you. So they get some wonderful titles. Foundations for Humanity and things like that. You, you, you never dream what they really meant. All these different titles they give themselves. So be very, very careful. As I say, it's all been done. It's been done all the time. And even through your fiction, you're being propagandized all constantly with updates and political correctnesses and so on and so on and so on and so on. The whole point of it is to reclaim your own mind. Use it. Use it. If you're the, the pinnacle of what's on the world here that walks around with a sentient brain, use it. Why let someone else use it? Why not use it yourself? Because you're only walking on this planet for a short time, you know. It's not very long. And you're not using it yourself. Scary that when folk are terrified of thinking for themselves. If you notice that, you notice that mainly with city people that come into the country, they've got to have noise on all the time. They start mowing their lawns when they're living in the country all the time. Noise. And then after that, they've got the radio on. Someone else's voice is prattling away, some disc jockey or whatever. From the morning till night, they can't stand silence. Because why? You become familiar with noise and someone else's voice programming you from birth. And silence and that little strange sound, which is your own voice talking, terrifies you. You have to start thinking. Ah, what a thought. And they'll jump, if it really is quiet, they'll, they'll jump off for immediate entertainment, anything at all that gives them some other, somebody else's programming rather than think for themselves and stop and, and enjoy the silence. But what I'm saying, unfortunately, is all known by those at the top. And way beyond this is well studied. Well studied. And future workers and all the big think tanks that are going to work on you and in marketing, all the different techniques that they use, uh, public relations, which is just basically propagandized marketing, how you slant things to make it acceptable to the public. Uh, every department in government uses uh, PR firms now and PR specialists. You're never told the truth about anything. So why keep looking for it from mainstream? That's up to you. Now remember, too, as I said, it would help me if you, as you're using the archives at cutting3immediates.com, it's all free, remember. You can certainly help me out by sending a few pennies once in a while to cutting3immediates.com, look into the website, uh, see how to do it, and you can help me out too, because believe you me, I don't take my vehicles to garages and things like that. I can't afford it. Uh, many of you maybe can. I had to do the work myself, and uh, I've spent enough time underneath uh, vehicles, believe you me, over many years uh, to the last a thousand lifetimes, especially when I see the rubbish that they're turning out today and the quality going down and down and down in workmanship and as they maximize the profits and put garbage in there where they should have metal parts, things like that. Anyway, from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, we're supposed to rain for the next four or five days. It's good night to me, your God or your God's go with you. <laughs>